Hello and welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm Mars, and I'm joined as always by my amigo Don, who you can find on Twitter at the Marble Curse, and my amiga Kylie, who you can find at Kylie FBL. You can find me on at Mars05. Make sure you are following our group account at Three Amigos FBL. In this Getting to Know You mini series, we have interviewed FBL managers from all over the world, as it is our mission to let our listeners get to know the person behind the FBL account we interact with every week. To do that, we have come up with 20 questions, which will reveal exactly who they are. Many of us play this game because of the passion we have for the real game, the team we support and our favorite players. Well, imagine having a job that enables you to meet and interview these players. Be the host of a live TV show for the Premier League TV for a global audience of over 3 million. On shows such as Fanzone, the FBL show, Premier League Today, as well as being the Jeff Stenning of BT hosting BT Sports Call. If this isn't enough, I'm sure many dream to be the lead presenter for a World Cup hosting every single match day, just like our guest today did in Russia 2018 for Optus Sport. It's our absolute pleasure to have with us today Jules Breach, presenter of the FBL show and the Football Ramble podcast. Jules, how are you? Wow, you've really bigged me up there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot to live up to now with your 20 questions, haven't I? Um, no, Absolutely. thank you so much for having me. It's um, it's really nice to be part of this. Obviously, having worked on the FPL show for the last four or so years and being a big part of the FPL community, it's really nice to just get to know more of you guys. And hopefully I can do that with these 20 questions. Yeah. So as uh, as Don always says, are you ready to bear your soul to the FPL community? I Yes, so. <laughs> it sounds so ominous that way, right? <laughs> I know, that sounds weird. We'll start with an easy one. <laughs> if you weren't human, which animal would your personality match the best with and why? See, you say this is an easy one, Miles, but this is like the worst question ever because I feel like <laughs> whatever animal you pick, you just sound like a right weirdo, don't you? Um, so I've thought about it. <laughs> And I'm going to go Embrace with... Embrace the crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go with a goat. And that is not because I'm the greatest of all time. I'm <laughs> definitely not Mark Southerns. Um, I love goats. They are my favourite animal. And I know that sounds so random. But growing up, in, yeah, growing up in Jamaica, goats out there were like... Are like literally like stray cats on the road like they they just roam around and so as a kid growing up I used to just see goats all the time and they are just the most adorable creatures ever so if I was an animal I would be a goat because I think they're cute <laughs> that's about it brilliant we'll stick that's, to the greatest I, of all time though <laughs> not quite I not mean, quite I, I have to say goats is a good answer. I personally have spent a lot of time watching baby goat videos on YouTube. You know, exactly. the ones where they jump on each other's heads and then they yep. just kind of go flying. Like they do all these crazy things, but it's adorable. So, you know. My wife had a uh, had a goat when she was growing up and apparently it literally ate the fence. They tied it to a fence and <laughs> yep. it ate the fence down. Um, I was going, you've got to this- be kidding me. They look so cute. You know, like. Not not that I'm going to eat any fences, but like the fact that I eat, that they eat everything in sight, I can relate to that. <laughs> um, 
yeah i and like you like you guys are saying like these videos on youtube goats have like recently become quite trendy haven't they where they seem to be everywhere um so yeah no i do i do love a goat there's goat yoga nowadays which i'm really tempted to go and try because what yeah have you not (laughs) seen this no i've seen that i've seen that yoga with a goat strange yeah you just sit there and the goat just comes and you can't do anything to the goat right like you just have to carry on as yeah 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 yeah. it just stands on you and stuff and you get into the different yoga positions and apparently it's (laughs) i don't know why it's good for you i guess it's like good for therapy in a way It's, is it trying to distract you so you kind of lose your zen or something? This I have is... no idea, you know. But anyway, it looks it looks fun. And if you get to meet a goat for the day, then I'm I'm all in. Mm, sounds good. And, it, you know, it, it's exercise as well. So you can't argue with that. Cute goats and uh, and exercise. That's exactly. winning play, my book. All right. So we'll move on to another question then. So obviously you present with BT. So I guess. If you can tell us a little bit about that. And, and also, we're seeing a lot of women now start to be more represented in sports media. So from your perspective, have you noticed a change in the culture of the industry in that way or, or with viewers over the past few years? Well, firstly, my job at BT Sport is amazing. It's an absolute dream. And I still pinch myself now and think, how on earth did I get here? Like, this is amazing because I always dreamt of being a presenter and working in football so to do a show like BT Sports Score every weekend is just amazing and then in terms of FPL it's great because I'm literally one of the first people to see every goal and assist go in so when those players are in my team I'm absolutely buzzing and when they're not obviously it's quite the opposite but um in terms of the growth of women in sport and women in in football TV particularly 100 percent it has changed in a more positive way I still think there's a lot of work to do you know I think there still could be a lot more women working in football and I hope that it does continue to go in that direction where more and more girls can see themselves working in the industry the more they see other women doing it and I think for me that was kind of a big part of when I was growing up I I kind of like probably about 15 years ago when I was deciding what to do when I went to uni and what I wanted to do for a career I always thought about TV presenting and thought oh that that would be amazing like that would be the dream but I couldn't see anyone that worked in football that was similar to me there wasn't anyone I could identify with and for such a a long time that's why I didn't really pursue a career in football straight away like I went into other parts of TV presenting I was working in more like entertainment stuff at first and it wasn't until I just kind of thought do you know what I'm just going to give it a crack and just go for it that I started to find opportunities but I really had to like find opportunities if you know what I mean I almost had to like create them myself rather than going in and just applying for jobs because it just wasn't really attainable um so I'm I hope that now that there will be girls that were my age 15 years ago now that can look at other women on TV and say, you know what, this could be a place that I can work. And and it, and it should be an attainable dream for girls because there's no reason why young girls shouldn't aspire to, to have a career in sport because there are so many amazing women in the industry. And hopefully that continues to, to grow and we see more and more girls working in football and I think that 
from the FPL community, there are so many lovely girls who I've come across on Twitter and Instagram and, you know, that play the game. And actually, I think that the FPL world, there are lots of great girls that, that play the game. And hopefully, again, like I've said, in terms of working in the industry, in terms of playing the game, I think that each year we hopefully see more growth in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been it's been great. Uh, I, I I listen to Talksport a lot, and when uh, I used to uh, listen to Laura Woods on um, the you know the live show after the games, and I was I was so happy for her when she got the breakfast gig because I thought she's 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 brilliant. She's a brilliant presenter, yeah. very yeah. very personable. She was great, and you know, leading to the sport channels like Sky and BT having uh, absolutely right having more, more ladies on. They are brilliant at what they do, and that's why people watch. And that, you know, I think it's uh, it's been absolutely fantastic, really. Yeah, I just I, hope I, that like, I hope, sorry, I, I was just going to say, I just hope that one day, like, we don't have to have these kind of conversations, you know what I mean? And that like, it's just yeah, normal absolutely. that there are loads of females working in it. And I know that it's so important that we have these conversations now because there still isn't enough diversity, whether that's in terms of race or gender. So it's important we have these conversations, but I just hope that in like, even in five or 10 years time, we don't have to still be saying like, oh, can you see a growth in women in sport? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I know we have to have those chats now, but fingers crossed it, it moves along enough that it just becomes completely normal that there are tons of women working in football. Absolutely. And it, it's funny you mentioned about you 15 years ago and, and having to make that decision that, reminds me so much of um, when I was in in uni I studied journalism for my undergrad now I had no interest in sport at the time when I moved to Ireland uh, six years ago I kind of underwent a, it was a whole revelation to me um, <laughs> getting interested and I, I obviously became obsessed in the end but um, one of my friends who was who was studying journalism with me she was really passionate about sport really wanted to go into sports media um, but didn't pursue it in the end for for much that reason because there were no visible women in sports media at that time to really use it as a yardstick for yes this is a viable career mm. Um, mm. so it it is encouraging and, and even your reference to FPL um, this only this season I just think there's loads more uh, female accounts talking about yeah. fantasy football on Twitter really visibly, um, which is such a fabulous thing because, as you say, we'd love for it not to be a relevant talking point. It should yeah. just be the standard, but it's not quite there yet. But at least we're seeing some progression in that direction, which is exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. And be before we move on, I just really want to know, when you're sitting in BT scores, life scores, and your player doesn't score, or a player that you really don't want to score doesn't. <laughs> do, you, do, do you like that? And then people look at you go, what's going on? What? You know? Like, if it's not oh, against yeah. or something. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, all the time. I mean, like, if you watch if you watch me close enough, <laughs> you can see my reaction sometimes. <laughs> it actually happened. You know what? It happened um, the first game week of the season. Do you remember when Carl Walker-Peters was shown a red card? Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, so... <laughs> I had him starting that day and when he gets shown the red card, you actually hear me in the background go, no, 
<laughs> and then it goes, it goes to VAR, and I go, oh, yeah, I actually pipe up, and I go, oh, right, VAR checking this, guys, VAR checking this. <laughs> purely for my FPL team, purely for FPL. I love it. And then obviously I was absolutely buzzing when he when he laid downgraded it to a yellow. So yeah, no, totally. Like you, you, if you watch or listen to me close enough, you definitely can see my reactions. Obviously, I have to rein it in a bit because I have to be professional. Um, but yeah, like to be honest, like. A lot of the guests that come on to BT Sports Score play FPL, so it's fine. Like we all chat about it in the green room before we go on air. So I usually know who like who like Jermaine Genus is captain or who Chris yeah. Sutton has got in his team and stuff. So we Brilliant. quite often have a bit of a laugh about it on the show as well, which is good. And I think that now I don't know what you guys think about this, but I feel like the last couple of years, FPL or like just fantasy football in general has become a bit more mainstream oh, like yeah. i feel like Definitely. a lot more people are just talking about it now and it seems normal to mention it whereas before if you mentioned fpl on like a kind of like serious I, don't know, show. I guess like a like a serious show people would just sort of look at you a bit weird yeah whereas now it's quite normal they- isn't it they definitely had a a short um, a program about it on on radio. I think it was Talk Sport before the season started. I think it was Sam Matterface. He brought somebody to talk about fantasy football, and they all talk about it now when they're talking about it as a joke. Or do you have him? Do you not have him? So completely, yeah. I think it's definitely changed over the last two years for sure. I actually noticed, Jules, um, only this last weekend. Actually, there was a few um, there was a few remarks about fantasy football on um, on the BT scores, and I went, "Oh, they're talking about it there as well." And they were kind of sniggering <laughs> behind behind the uh, behind their desks a little bit. But um, yeah, no, it is mad how how mainstream it is. It used to be a bit of a, a dirty little, not a dirty little secret, but a bit of a uh, an embarrassing. <laughs> we're, we're we're all a bunch of geeks or something. But um, yeah, more people are getting into. Um, to add a bit of fun but um, speaking of fun uh, the Football Ramble podcast um, we're big fans of it They're, it's it's. I love the light hearted way they speak about football which is um, which is something I think the podcast medium really lends itself to is is kind of li- the lighter side I guess of football not so much the deep dark analysis but more just laughing at each other or laughing you know about the football that we all watched at the weekend but um, tell us about how you got involved in that and kind of how I guess what how, how big a part of it of your of your working week is is doing the podcast yeah I mean I got involved with the ramble about a year ago now and when I was actually at the women's world cup Luke got in touch with me and was like we're gonna go daily next season and we want to kind of get a you know a female voice on and like first person I thought of was you blah 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 so we ended up chatting and I'd actually pitched a couple of podcasts to another podcast company um just to kind of create my own content because it's I I actually started my sort of sports media career in radio so I really wanted to go back to doing some kind of like radio or podcast work um so it kind of came at the perfect time that Luke got in touch and the reason me and Luke knew each other is because the football ramble boys actually came on to BT Sports score one week as guests. This was in our very first season. So I met the boys then and I'd already been listening to Football Ramble and just thought they were all hilarious. So when I met them first, it was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I've got to meet the Football Ramble boys. And then we stayed in touch ever since then. And then when Luke contacted me to get involved, I was like, wait, this is ridiculous. Like This is my favourite podcast and you want me to be on it? Okay. Um, And so, yeah, so I've been with the boys now for about, a year and then recently so since lockdown um 
we've basically added a few more new voices to the team and that's been amazing because there's now another girl Kate Mason who's joined in the team and um, Vish is also one of the newer members and Andy Brassel who I used to do a, a different podcast with for Football Ramble um, and obviously he does the European show for them he's now part of the main kind of like lineup with them so since the new format which has been going since uh the football restart um it has been so much fun like as you said a minute ago it is just a lighter look at football but i think the beauty of why the football ramble works so well is because we are just all a bunch of mates that just sit around and talk about football as you would with your friends and i think that that's the difference because there are so many other football podcasts out there. I mean, there are hundreds of them and the majority of them are actually pretty kind of not serious, but like, you know, they actually look at the games and analyse them in depth and it's more of a serious look. Whereas what the Football Ramble does is it does that, but it also has a light side to it. And what we kind of want to achieve with it is that, you have it on in the background and you feel like you're in the room with us just having a chat about the football and sounds, hopefully sounds like the three the amigos and, yeah exactly and just have a bit <laughs> of a laugh really so um yeah it's been it's been really fun to be involved and in terms of my working week it's usually once a week sometimes twice um and it, i mean we we do a we do a bit of prep for it the day before like we talk about what topics we want to cover and if there's anything we need to kind of read up on. But to be honest, with all the amount of football that's on at the moment, it's pretty much whatever's on telly the night before. If there's any big news stories, you just kind of chat about what's what everyone else is talking about, really, which is usually either the game or a big transfer or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, it's really good fun. Love being part of that team and um, hopefully a, a very busy season ahead on it. Yeah, Jules. I, I, really, when you were describing it, it does really sound like just this is exactly what the what we wanted to do at that Migos. We obviously we look at the game. We talk. We laugh at the fact. I, I don't. I'm not really a stats person. So when I do stats, it's more for a for a laugh. And we want it to. <laughs> our, our idea is to have fun and banter with each other. But I also think you know when we approached Carly, she felt the same as you. My favorite podcast, and they want me on. Go and then she tried to play hard, but I think that's how she felt to be honest. <laughs> Right. Um, Please, that so, was a big coup. You know that. <laughs> uh, talking about FBL, so tell us um, how and when did you first get into FBL and football in, in general? And uh, it's obvious to everybody that you are a huge Brighton fan. So uh, tell us about your love for for the Seagulls. Well, in terms of being a, a like general football fan, um, since I was a kid, really, I grew up in a house that was a bit football mad. My dad just is literally when I say obsessed with football I mean he will watch anything if there is a game on and it could be the worst game that like no one wants to watch my dad watches it because he just loves football he's a Middlesbrough fan and so yeah the quality of football never matters to him um, but yeah no to be fair he he just watches everything so I grew up in a house where there was always football on tv I grew up playing um sports so I was a I was into tennis when I was growing up and played competitively and I've I have got like a ridiculous like competitive streak in me I'm so competitive which obviously lends itself to FPL quite nicely um so yeah just growing up always had football on in the background always 
sort of loved watching the football with my dad and in terms of Brighton so I was born in Brighton so they're my local club and I spent quite a bit of my time living abroad and when I moved back to Brighton when I was about 15 16 I moved in with my auntie and uncle and my cousins because my parents actually stayed in Jamaica where I grew up and my cousins were all season ticket holders at Brighton and so it sort of kind of just became a part of my life every day really living with them um and then yeah I I ended up working for the club for a few years I was a hostess in in the um hospitality lounges at, at the Amex when it first opened and then I did a radio show locally which covered all the Brighton games so yeah huge um love for Brighton and in terms of how I got into FPL um well I started playing before I played the official FPL I actually played the sky fantasy football first um and I played that for a couple of seasons and then after that I started playing the real official FPL and it's much better to be fair um so yeah so so probably about how many years has it been now maybe six seven years that I've been playing fantasy football but FPL for the last sort of five years I'd say um and yeah like Kylie was saying earlier like I literally just became obsessed like I am quite I am so competitive and I'm quite obsessive as well so the minute I get into something I'm like fully in and I want to be all over it fully involved and I want to win so yeah it's become quite the obsession and then also there's this like ridiculous added pressure of oh you host the FPL show you've got to be good and it's like no like I'm literally there wanting to get the tips from all the experts just like everyone else watching like (laughs) I have no extra insight I am literally there just as a fan as a player um it obviously helps that I work on the show so I get to see loads of stats and stuff but but honestly like it doesn't make me any better than anyone else and as you all know there is a lot of luck in FPL so I have just as bad luck as anyone else does and yeah there is that kind of weird extra pressure on me to do well um, because I work on the show um, but yeah usually every year is a failure because I never do as well as people expect Oh, it's, it is just one of those things, isn't it? And I, I feel like when you're almost a little bit accountable to other people for, for how you're performing, um, yeah. there's an element of, of extra pressure there beyond just being really competitive because I, I am very much the, the same. I just lacked any actual sporting talent. So, <laughs> you know, it, it kind of created a monster for me, but, but a, yeah. a channel to focus all of that crazy competitive energy so that's good um so another fpl question for you while we're we're on that topic what is your favorite fpl memory Ooh, that's a real hard one um there aren't many good ones are there (laughs) um not this season yeah no definitely not this season it's been awful it's the worst start (laughs) i've ever had it's terrible i'm like seriously three and a half millionth or something oh i'm 4.8 it's been a great record (laughs) awful isn't it yeah Um, my favorite memory so um i think it was i think it was in my second ever fpl season i scored over a century of points i think it was 112 points without a chip and 
to this day, that's still my best ever score without a chip in a single game week. So that was pretty amazing. And then aside from that, on a kind of like funny, positive, like great memory in FPL was probably um, when Stoke was still in the Premier League and Joe Allen was playing for Stoke. I tipped him to be like this absolute legend. And I was like, he's going to be an FPL legend this year. And then he went on a run of like five games where he scored in every game. I can't remember what season that was, but it was like probably about four years ago, I think. And um, it was just amazing. And I remember like we really took the mickey out of it on the FPL show because I brought him into my team, but I benched him. So even though like even though that's not a good memory, it's actually like a very fun memory for me because it was just it was just good that I tipped him. But then also quite ironic that I tipped him and then benched him. Um, and then I ended up putting him in after that and he did score me points. So it was fine. But um, yeah, that was quite a fun memory. Oh, uh, listen to me. The, tipping somebody and then not going with your own tip is a regular occurrence on our podcast. So, uh, so don't worry about <laughs> yeah. that. You're in good company. But um, I was looking at my own game week rank, I think, for this past game week three. And I think I was like 6.2 million. And I was going, how can I realistically, oh, wow. how can I realistically go on an FBL podcast and give anyone advice when my weekly, uh, my <laughs> weekly rank was that low? But uh, you know what? It's a long season. So we'll, we'll all, all four of us will get back up there. Um, next question we have. Next question we have for you, Jules, is um, this is where we get into the X's and O's. So that's what I'm wanting here from you. Okay. So uh, tactical mm-hmm. advice to someone starting out in their FPL career. I have in commas here. Uh, what would that be? Honestly, I think the best advice is just to enjoy it and like don't take it too seriously. Just have fun because I think that some people just get so stressed about it don't they and get so annoyed when things don't go right and look I know we all love FPL we live and breathe it and we're super geeky and obsessive about it and we all want to win but it's just a game it is just a game and it's a bit of fun and there is a lot of luck involved and that also means you can be incredibly unlucky so I would say enjoy the highs laugh at the lows and just just have fun with it but also if you're gonna play play i hate people that do things half-hearted and they're like oh yeah i set up my team but i haven't changed it for 10 weeks it's like go away don't play don't bother playing yeah. like, just get just yeah. properly play if you're not gonna play properly don't play at all um but yeah i would just say like have fun with it and enjoy it because yeah it's just a bit of fun isn't it and and i love the fact that fpl just makes your whole enjoyment of watching football even better. Like I love watching oh, football yeah. anyway, and I, I pretty much watch every game anyway. But the fact that when you watch a game and you've got a player in it, it just gives you that extra kind of incentive to really look out for that player or, you know, have a bit of emotion attached to it just makes it all that bit more fun, doesn't it? Definitely. Where are you on totally, the luck yeah. versus skill debate, Jules? Um, <laughs> I reckon it's a it's big about debate. Yeah, 60-40. Yeah, it it makes me laugh when people say there's no luck. I'm like, yeah, okay, so you control the players. Okay, good. Of course, there's skill to it, but there's absolutely loads of luck. So, um, smoothly moving on. So, if you were the boss and you decided it's more uh, tactical than uh, luck or whatever you want, uh, what change would you do to any of the rules or the features in the game? Maybe we'll get some insight on what's happening next year, Jules. (laughs) Uh, Well, I have no insight, um, but (laughs) I think for a bit of fun, 
I would quite, by the way, can you hear that snoring? It's my puppy. I promise you it's not me making those weird noises, but I, I have got a brand new puppy. And he, he sat on my lap and he is, he's fast asleep. What kind and of makes, uh, he's a French bulldog and he's only 12 oh, weeks God. old. He's, I saw, I saw the photo of him. He's, he's so cute. gorgeous. Yeah. I know. He is so ridiculously cute. I'm dying but, to get one. Oh, he's amazing, but he's, he is hard work, but. He's currently snoring on my lap, so I do apologize if you hear anything. Um, we have had saying? doggy cameos before, so all oh, good. Welcome. Cute, cute. Um, the Barca FPL. So, yeah, I have no insight on this, um, but I, for a bit of fun, I think it would be really cool if we got a reverse chip on the, cap- on the triple captain. So you get to use it once a season just like the triple captain chip. So say you were like me last year and you triple captain Sadio Mane in the Liverpool double game week and then he came off injured uh, in the very first match, you get the chance to reverse that triple captain chip. You can take it away and then you still have your triple captain chip to use later in the season. That is what I would do. So you get a second chance at your triple captain. Second chance. Interesting. That is amazing. That would have changed so many people's <laughs> fortunes. Last I know, I know. That's what that was my turning point last season. When that happened, I was just gone after that. I was like, no, I, I just nothing can rescue me. So yeah, that that's how I came up with that idea. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself as an FPL manager. You've said you're very competitive, but what three words would you use to describe yourself in FPL? Oh, God. Um, What three words do I describe myself? I'd say that I am quite risky. Like I I quite often will think to myself, I'm not going to do that. And then last minute, I'll just make that change and I'll do it. So I'd say I'm quite I am quite. What's the word? Is it spontaneous where you kind of make those spontaneous moves and a bit risky? So, yeah, maybe spontaneous, risky. but then on the other hand, <laughs> I am quite considerate with my transfers. So I spend forever thinking about them and thinking, what am I going to do? I once made like six different drafts of a wild card when I was on a flight home from a, a Champions League game. And like, I swear only six? That, yeah, to be fair, only six. To be, but I think it was like an hour flight. So that was actually quite a few. That's quite the productive for an hour, me, yeah. Yeah, the guy next to me was 100% thinking, what is she doing? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would say I am quite considerate as well and do think about it a lot. But then I have the I do also have that that FPL manager in me that can be quite spontaneous and risky as well. Do you know when you mentioned there to do with, you know, making your transfers and I can imagine if you're working around FBL a lot and you're seeing a lot of segments, you know, where they're plugging certain players or just pundits talking about what they're going to do. And and in when you're involved in FBL community, I know oftentimes it can be very hard to restrain yourself and not make transfers until close to the mm-hmm. deadline. But do you find like do you generally kind of hold off on making those transfers till later on in the game week? And kind of when do you normally kind of pick your captain pick? Do you know what? I every season I'm like this is going to be the season where I actually care about my team value and I'm going to make my transfers early and I'm going to really like sort this out because whenever it comes to me using my second wild card I've got zero value in my team and 
this is going to be the year I'm going to make early transfers. And I never do it, honestly. <laughs> I'm like the worst. I, I hate the thought of making a transfer and then that player getting injured in the week if they've got a European game or if there's a midweek match, I like a League Cup match or whatever it might be. Like that would wind me up more than a Missing. player going up in price. Yeah. So, yeah, so I tend Very to dense, actually yeah. make my transfers quite late, um, which isn't the best idea when it comes to team value. I know that, but I, I just prefer to wait, I think. Um, although having said that, this week I made my transfer straight away. <laughs> I'm gonna guess really... I'm gonna guess what it is. It's team of earner out for DCL. No, but close. <laughs> I went I did go team of out for Jimenez, correct. Uh, yeah. Jimenez, um, yeah. But like honestly, the fact that Team Overna stayed in my team for, for the full three weeks, mm. he was literally holding on yeah, by thread. So but the whole reason I got him in was at the start of the season was I saw that West Brom fixture and I was like, that's the one I'm going to captain him for that. So I had to hold him for game week three. And uh, yeah, as soon as, as soon as he blanked again, I was just like, no, do you know what? I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. So he actually went out straight away. Scored tonight in the cup. In, oh, in just know, a I big know. example Typical. of rolling. Yeah. I've still got him in Martial. I need to. Yeah, I've, I've still got him and Martial, so one of them uh, may have to go. But as we're talking about this, so you said you're risky, but you said sometimes you think too much about what makes you make that early move um, or taking that risk or taking a hit? What is it like a double game week or sometimes just gut instinct or a fixture, like you said, for example, West Brom? What would make yeah, you do that? Yeah, I think it's it's a combination, really, to be honest. Um, I, I think like it depends on the situation, but quite often I make those early transfers when I'm fed up <laughs> so if I get really pissed <laughs> off I'm like no you're gone you're, you're actually like price rises and price drops are quite a big thing like if it's obvious that like a player's price is going to drop then I will try and make that move early but if if I'm still not sure then I'll wait but if that player has kind of been on the verge of leaving for a while and then I think their price is going to drop then I will take them out early so that that's pretty much when my early transfers come into play um but otherwise I do tend to leave it quite late um and like in terms of risky like choices or kind of like I I do tend to go with my gut but then at the same time I quite often <laughs> you're, you're like anyone who's like come on and been a guest on the FPL show will tell you this like after the FPL show on a Thursday, I always go, right, I know what I'm doing. I've just got a really <laughs> good feeling that, like, I don't know, Pascal Gross is going to score this weekend. I'm going to bring him in. And they go, all right, OK, yeah, sure. And then, like, we leave and then, like, he'll score. And the next time I see them, they'll be like, did you bring him in? And I'll be like, nah, bottled it. So, like, that, that is classic me. I always tip people and I never really follow through with it. Um, so, yeah, I need to follow my gut a bit more. Like, I... You know, the first game week this season, everyone was getting Mitrovic, weren't they? And I was like, why is everyone getting Mitrovic? Like, Callum Wilson is the player to have for game week one. Like, I was just like, why is everyone getting Mitrovic? And then I had this feeling that he wasn't going to start. I actually said to my other half, I was like, you know what? Like, there have been there have been games last season and I watch a lot of the championship as well. So I was like, I know there have been quite a few games where Fulham haven't played Mitrovic and like, there was this kind of like 
thing amongst the Fulham fans towards the end of last season in the championship where like some of them were saying we actually play better football without Mitrovic on the pitch. And I just had this like weird feeling he wasn't going to start. But then what did I what did I do? An you started with Mitrovic. Before, and now before the deadline, I swapped Wilson out for Mitrovic like an idiot. Like, like, but that is just, honestly, I don't listen to myself half the time. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's just, that. that is like, that's my luck. <laughs> you know, that is just my luck. Oh, we, we, we've recently covered the, the pitfalls of, of predictions. I had the misfortune of predicting an Egan red card on Twitter as a joke oh, five no. minutes before he got sent off. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. And so that was the this segues nicely into our next question, because <laughs> that was the second time I'd owned uh, Egan. I'd owned him for about two weeks over the two seasons and both times he got sent off. No so he, he's gone in my never again category. Um, and lots of us have that. So this is our Dini question. And we call it that because Mars has had a lot of bad experiences owning Dini over the years. <laughs> cards, missed pens, various things. So lots of us have a player or, you know, maybe a team for whatever reason that we just try our best to avoid having in our teams. Is there anyone that fits that bill for you? Do you know what there isn't? Like I don't have, even though I'm a I'm a Brighton fan and traditionally we don't like Crystal Palace. I I wouldn't mind having a Palace player in my team if they were if they were doing bits and they were scoring all the points. I would definitely get them. Like I don't have any team bias in FPL because it's just about scoring points, isn't it? So I don't have any team bias, but I do have like certain players that have burnt me that. I look at and I go, oh, I just don't want to have you in my team again. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, like I've also had highs with those same players. So off the top of my head, the most recent ones I can think of are Sadio Mane after the triple captain situation last year. Um, Luca Dean, remember when he went on that really weird run where he got like double yes. figures and then he got sent off? Um, after appearing. Yeah. He came on in like the the 60th minute. I had him that week as well. He came on yeah, after so 60 minutes and got sent off like 10 minutes later. Exactly. So then like he's another one. And then last season again, Van Dyke. Um, it's like my kind of famous worst move of last year as I benched him for the game that he against scored. Against Brighton, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But it was nothing yeah, to do I remember with that. being Brighton. It was actually nothing to do with it being Brighton. And I actually, I swear on my life, it was nothing to do with it being against Brighton. It's because Liverpool actually had a really poor start defensively. And I had double Liverpool defence. I had Robertson and Van Dyke. So Van Dyke was my next transfer out. And looking, <laughs> looking at all of the players that I had in my defence that week, he was the worst option. So I benched him, which in hindsight sounds utterly ridiculous because like who benches Van Dyke? Well, I did and he punished me and scored two goals. <laughs> it just looked worse, but it was against Brighton. So everyone thought I benched him because he was playing against my team. Um, but that actually had none of that was not part of the thinking. It's because he was my next transfer out. And I thought the rest of my defenders are all more likely to get point more attacking returns than him. So I benched him. So yeah, like there are players like that that have burnt me that I'm, I look at them now and I think I'm not ready for you yet. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> the healing yeah, process sure, has finished. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure one day they'll come back into my team. Uh, Jules, rule number one: 
FBL is never ever bench beautiful beautiful Virgil oh, yeah, yeah. I mean how how could you bench that man but we we will move on to the next one which is um, and I'm very interested to hear this one we've had some strange names come up in people's answers in the past but if you had to choose one person plat or one player past or present to have in your FBL team who would that be oh um I think just for the kind of like sentimental love of just how much I adore him as a player. Ian prime Hazard. time. Prime, I was going to say prime time Glenn, Glenn Murray, but no. Um, <laughs> Obviously love Glenn Murray. Um, he's an absolute legend and proper gent as well. He's just the nicest guy off the pitch. Um, but yeah, no, like I haven't, I never had a great deal of joy with Glenn Murray and my FPL team, to be honest, but I didn't pick him enough to kind of experience those highs. Um so yeah, Eden Hazard for me. I just loved having him in my FPL team. He's one of my favourite footballers ever. Um, to watch in the flesh, like he's incredible. Um, in terms of like footballers that I've watched live, him, Messi, and Kevin De Bruyne are the three best I've seen live. Like he is insanely amazing to watch, and so. I loved having him, my, him in my FPL team because he was just magic. Like, there yeah. was, I, I actually captained him on a few occasions where, like, no one else was captaining him. And so I experienced a lot of, like, real highs with Eden Hazard. So I've got, like, a bit of sentimental love for him as an FPL player. He also was, like, also a player that could get, just get you one point and do absolutely yeah. nothing. Um, hmm. But... On the days where he was good, my God, was he good! And he was—he had the ability to have those explosive FPL returns. So, yeah, he was—he could be ridiculous yeah. sometimes. Agree. Yeah, he was one of I the biggest him. trolls of um, a lot of people There's see so him as a people. troll in the in the community. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Talk, so, um, talking about the community, and probably the last question around FPL before we go into the fun, the fun parts of this. Um, what is it that you like about being part of the... Obviously, you're a huge part of the FPL community. You're on the FPL show. Tell us a bit about the show and what you think about the community. Well, obviously, love the show. It's honestly one of my favourite things to work on. We have such a laugh. Um, James is amazing. All the guests that come on are just brilliant. Um, and Ian, who depths on the show when, when James isn't around, is also brilliant and I work with him a lot on other stuff at the Premier League too so he's a good mate of mine and just honestly like working on the show is just super fun I love it it's one of my highlights of my week um and the community are just great like everyone is so nice and friendly and everyone just you know the majority of people just want to have a laugh and like just love playing the game and I, I just find it like so funny that people ask me for tips like as if I'm some kind of expert which is super sweet. Um, but yeah, it's the community are great. And I've made a lot of good friends from it. Um, like Sam and Lee, who are guests and Gianni from FPL Diary is a good mate of mine from before the FPL show, actually. Um, so yeah, I've made a lot of friends through the FPL community and everyone is so nice. And do you know what? It's just nice having a really positive part of social media because we all know what social media can be like. There's a lot of negativity out there. So I find that the FPL community on social media is always really positive. Um, and that's a really nice thing to be involved in. Yeah, and there's been a lot of cases where um, 
you know, certain things have happened to individuals and everyone sort of rallied around to be really supportive. So it, it is, there are a lot of lovely elements, as you said, it, you don't see the, the dark underside yeah. of Twitter quite so much in our community. So we are lucky in that way. Um, so you were talking a little bit about FPL accounts there. You mentioned Sam and Lee, who we love and we've had them on the, the pod a, a number of times before. Um, do you know who the first five FPL accounts you uh, you followed on Twitter were? I don't. I, I really don't. And, like, when you asked this, I was really trying to think about it, but I genuinely don't know. I'd be lying if I – I'd be lying if I said I, I remembered. But probably one of the first ones has to be at official FPL. It's like – it's like <laughs> the house, isn't it? it's where everything is. So that was probably one of them. Mark Southerns was probably another one. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly can't remember the first five, but I follow so many accounts in terms of FPL that are just all great because particularly, you know, with all the guests that we have on the show and everyone that's kind of a big kind of part of the FPL community, I, I probably follow. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice place to be and, and it's nice to have those FPL conversations and also get tips from everyone when you see them posting loads of helpful stuff. <laughs> yeah, good, good for the information. <laughs> yeah, get your filter on before you before you absorb too much information from it at times. But, yeah, uh, true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, one thing I didn't want to interrupt Kay there before she came in on that last question, but I have to say I have to get something off my chest, Jules. I have a little bit of a man crush on James Richardson. I've, I think I've always oh, had a bit. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever since his, um, you know, Gazette della Sport days, remember? Golazzo. Sitting down, yeah, looking, looking suave as Anton, drinking his coffee, sitting in a piazza in Italy and just, you know, he's just smooth. The man is just smooth. Yeah. yeah. It was my favourite programme on a Sunday. It was definitely my favourite programme. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was everyone's as a football fan, wasn't it? He's just an absolute legend. Mm. Um and he is honestly, he's so funny to work with. He's just brilliant, such a laugh. He and just, he seems always he such a pro. All of his, yeah, and he writes all of his like silly little puns and jokes. Like they all come from him. So he's a little genius to work with. And yeah, you have he a is. good reason to have a little man crush on him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so Jules, this is um, this is the dinner party question. So you're do- you're hosting a dinner party, and you can invite any three people, living or dead, to that. Who are they, and what food and drink are you going to put in front of them? Okay, well, narrowing it down to three people is the hard bit. The food is the easy bit. Um, so the food, I'm just going to pick all my favourite things because obviously I've got to eat this food as well. So um, <laughs> I would be drinking a lychee martini because they're my favourite cocktail. I would be serving up some deep fried mozzarella cheese for a starter. Oh my God, yes. I would be having um, lobster macaroni cheese and deep fried southern chicken uh, for the main. And then the dessert, this is like a lot of people think that I'm mad for this being my favourite pudding, but I love it. Bread and butter pudding with custard. Um, so that's that's the dinner. That's the three-course meal. And the that, all, that all sounds lovely, Jill. So I hope the three names are going to be Maris, Don and Kylie. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I want to <laughs> <Okay>. have <laughs> Guys, you can come. 
you come <laughs> to my dinner party save me narrowing down three other people um the three i Sol. did pick the three i did pick were bob marley i don't oh, really yeah, to explain yeah. no you don't know and obviously having grown up in jamaica he's a a big part of everything i love music wise um victoria beckham because i just think she's amazing and she is a proper powerful woman that can basically do everything and she's a spice girl so i'll <laughs> to include her and then uh mickey flanagan because i love comedy and would quite enjoy someone there just to make us all laugh gotta say that's that's, that's mix. brilliant that is a great mix <laughs> <laughs> it would never work, would it? <laughs> it sounds great I, in theory. I'm, I'm just imagining Victoria and um, Bob, and Bob having Bobby. a chat. Oh, it would be great. I'm sure they'd get on great. Mm. <laughs> Bob would get on well with everyone anyway. Exactly. Yeah, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, se- segue into something else before we move into the next question. Something that I wanted to ask and I forgot to put it down. So it's my fault. Who's you, who would you say was your favorite interviewee? Favourite person who I've interviewed? Yeah. Gosh. Um, that's really hard. Um, um, because I just saw your thing with uh, Tariq Lamptey and I thought it was brilliant. It was oh, absolutely brilliant the way you came across. Oh, he, he was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he was lovely, actually. He'd be up there. To be honest, I've, I've, I've only ever had one interview that was a bit awkward. Every other interview I've done, everyone's been so super lovely. Um, and like, obviously, there are different people who are easier to interview than others and who are like fun. And everyone, I don't know, everyone's kind of different. I like, and all of the pundits who I work with on all the football shows are just great. So it's very hard for me to narrow it down to Can one. Can we guess the awkward one? Can we just guess the awkward one? You've no. guessed the awkward one, but it's actually not a sports person. So I'd, you'll, oh. you could be here a while. Russell Crowe. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. You, you know what? We can no. just You can just say that Sam from FBL Family, you can just say it's her and we'll all be happy with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's my favourite. Um, Sam's yeah, everybody's no. favourite. Lee's just there Sam for that. Sam's everyone's favourite. Yeah, we absolutely. all laugh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, sorry. I just, it just came to my mind after seeing the Tarek Lamptey interview, so I apologise. Um, we, we'll get back to the questions. Um, right. So your house is on fire. Half is all right. Other half is all right. Everybody mm-hmm. living. They are fine. Uh, what would be the uh, one thing that you would grab? Do you know what? This is really hard because. You know, before the most obvious answer would be to go and grab all your photographs because they're sentimental. But nowadays, your photos are all on Instagram or they're on Facebook. So you almost don't need to run and get those anymore. So for me, it would probably be like my mum has given me a couple of pieces of quite sentimental jewellery. So it would be anything that has sentimental value that you just can't replace. Aside from that, as long as my loved ones are safe and my little puppy bless him he's still snoring on my lap um, <laughs> as long as he's safe and my boyfriend's safe um and yeah i i, I honestly I, there isn't really a material thing that i'd be that fast maybe my phone is that really lame um, no it's okay so it's, it is a regular, it yeah. is a regular yeah. because like you have everything on your phone nowadays including sentimental things like photos so 
it would probably be my phone or some sentimental like um jewelry that's kind of been passed down the years fair also i've got a really good pillow on my bed like it's the best <laughs> pillow ever so like that would be one thing i would be gutted to lose <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go with pillow. pillow yeah we'll go with the pillow that's that's a great one yeah <laughs> That's a new one, yeah, definitely. Okay, so tell us, do you have any special skills outside of your job and playing FPL? No, <laughs> I'm not very talented. Um, uh, my my other half would say that I'm very, very good at making dinner. Like, I am quite a good cook, so I would probably say one of my skills is cooking. My dad was actually a professional chef as a job um and so he's given me quite a few tips over the years so yeah i'd probably say cooking is one of my best skills outside of fpl if that's a skill yeah no definitely it is um i'm sure you were good at tennis growing Ten up as well so we'll have that's to put, right. we can put that down as well, as well. yeah, yeah. Mm. tennis yeah tennis is up there yeah i'm not very uh, good anymore though so it doesn't really count no well nah, listen it's, it anyway. it's, yeah it's like riding a bike <laughs> Somebody will give you a racket someday and you'll you'll get back on there again. Uh, yeah. Music-wise then, we mentioned, of course, Bob Marley earlier on there, but um, what is your favourite band, your favourite movie, and what TV show are you currently watching? Well, when it comes to music, anyone that knows me knows I'm actually a bit of a loser. I, I actually have what most people consider to be really bad taste. Oh, Mars will love this then. Um, so, I, I mean... We're going to get on. Yeah. J-Lo, um, Bruno Mars, uh, Mariah Carey. They're probably oh, three yeah. of my favourite Brilliant. Artists. Absolutely it's fantastic. Like idea of heaven. <laughs> it's your musical soulmate. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I mean, uh, there's loads, but they're probably three of my most played artists on Spotify. Um, it's and it's then... a true fact that Mariah Carey was the song for our wedding. Part of it, anyway. Oh. We, did the, we, we did the mishmash. But yeah, it was uh, part of her song. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. I saw her live in Vegas with one of my best friends, and we both cried the entire time. She was insane. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, my favorite movie is I've got a couple, but uh, anything Jim Carrey. So Liar Liar is probably my actual favorite, and then Dumb and Dumber, any of the Ace Venturas. <laughs> um, and if I'm feeling like I want a good cry, then you can't beat The Notebook. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> And what TV show am I watching right now? Well, we've just finished Des, which was brilliant. Um, so good. We love like I like watch anything that's crime. I love any crime kind of like documentaries or yes. series. Um, yeah, nice. yeah, so just finished Des, which was really interesting. Um and also just finished the second series of Dirty John, which is about Betty Broderick. Oh yeah, that was yeah, mad. that was really good. Loved that. Um, and I've literally just tonight started watching Ratchet. Um, so, so you're on the same track theme. as us. Yeah, you can see them. We just theme. started two watched... nights ago. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. So yeah. basically, anything with a murderer. <laughs> so yeah. Are these all on Netflix? Yes. Uh, no, oh, Des isn't. Them. Des was on. Was it ITV? I think. So you'll probably be able to get it on catch up. But, um, oh, cool, cool. Love yeah, crime. Really good. Yeah, that was no, only absolutely. like a three part series. So you can catch up with that really quick. Quite quickly. Really yeah. Good. 
love love yeah. a crime theater absolutely i had a little bit of a um a moment a few years ago where we had on our skybox you know on the recorder and one day myself and herself we we looked at it and the all the programs were on it literally there was about 30 episodes and every single one of them was like about a serial killer it was you know just <laughs> all murder go and i went we, i looked at herself and we we went look we have to stop this. We have to try to mix in a little yeah. bit of variety here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, that's a bit of Love Island, and you've got the right balance. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> X Factor, Britain Got Talent, you know, all of that stuff. Exactly. Yes. Uh, right. So, talking about guilty pleasures, um, tell us uh, one of your guilty pleasures and one bad habit you have. Guilty pleasure. Hmm. I don't know if you consider this a guilty pleasure, but. I am like a proper sucker for a game show. Like, I mean, I could literally sit here all day and just watch back-to-back episodes of The Chase. <laughs> that is, <laughs> um, that's definitely a guilty pleasure. Why not? <laughs> I love Bradley Walsh. She's amazing. Oh, yes. So I love The Chase. I love Tipping Point. I love Tenable. Like, literally, I could sit here and just watch <laughs> game show after game show after game show. In fact... During lockdown, I can't remember, was it lockdown? It might have been, I can't remember when it was, or it might have just been like a random Sunday that I had off. Yeah, it wasn't lockdown because I was, I was actually down in Brighton with my family, so it couldn't have been lockdown. Um, and I'm not joking, I sat there and I think I watched seven hours of games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, I, and I remember thinking, oh my God, this is actually too much now. Like, this is actually gone one step too far. Um, but yeah, I'd say my guilty pleasure is game shows. I don't really have, bad habits um my my worst habit is probably that I'm like a bit obsessive about things being really tidy I'm really OCD around the house so my other half hates it because nothing's ever in the right place um unless I put it there so yeah I probably in a way that <laughs> we have we have this habit. argument every day Jules yeah. this is where the wallet goes no this is where you think the wallet goes Everything has a home. Everything has a home. That's what I say. Everything has its home. And yeah, that's probably a bad habit, even though it's a good habit, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Good for you. Bad for the the others. (laughs) Exactly. Fantastic. Uh, Jules, that completes our 20 questions. I feel like we got to know you a lot better. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. It's been an absolute laugh. Uh, we've been the Amigos you've been Jules Breach adios amigos adios thanks for having me one for each other and all for one the three brave amigos are we